Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Years. I'm Uncle Daddy. I'm Jared Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Harding. He is my global poker award winning work wife, James Hardigan. Happy. Thank your friend for campaigning for you to win an award day, Joe. A, a pleasure, my friend. I, it was easy. You truly are the best broadcaster. And I, I'll shut up because I think it kind of offends everyone else. So I'll probably be quiet about it for the next year or so. But it was maybe the most well-deserved award in the history of those foolish awards. You are too kind. I don't want to derail the opening sequence, but I would like to very quickly make a serious point not related to the Global Poker Awards. Uh, today is, of course, the 8th of March. So what I should actually be saying at the start of the show is Happy International Women's Day. And what I want to say is I think now more than ever, I'm acutely aware how tough it can be for women in a very male-dominated industry, that industry being poker. And I just want to remind everyone that we have a collective responsibility to tackle everything from casual sexism to inappropriate behavior to outward misogyny, which is why you hear me calling people out on the live stream for bad comments now. Sure. Um, and look, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to be successful, but I'm saying that I will do everything with my limited power and limited influence to make a difference. And okay. now back to your regularly scheduled program. Take it away, Joe. I guess also uh, I'll do the same. It would be weird if I didn't. All right, here we go. Coming up on today's show, once again, a lot has happened since we last talked to you. For example, the aforementioned Global Poker Awards. We got to talk about that. We do. We were in Vegas. We played poker. We ate meat. We won awards <laughs> or award, but still, it was a big one. Uh, EPT Paris. That happened. We got to talk about that. Do you want to mention that we ate meat in Paris as well? We did. And we ate meat in Paris. There was one line that was too long for meat, so we ate different meat. Sure. We'll get to all of that. Uh, it truly is the year of Romania, not only because we're going to talk to the EPT Paris champion, Razvan Balea. We're also going to speak to the runner-up from that event, a very memorable fella by the name of Peter Jorgna. Two guests on this week's show. I think movies and TV is still going to have to wait because we got to get to to talking about Vegas. Yes. Um, I think you and I had a conversation off air about this. I think next week we're going to try and wrap up some stuff that's been going on in the poker world. I think it's fair to say that we'll talk about all of the other Global Poker Award winners on next week's show. We may even speak to one of those winners. And then the week after, let's finally try and do our movie TV, pop culture catch-up. Let's find a poker-playing reviewer who can join us on that show, and we'll just go to town. Fantastic. Ooh, that's exciting. I got a couple people in mind. We'll talk about Fantastic. it off-air. Um, so, yeah, so we've been doing some traveling, but right now, I am not in Vegas. I am not in Los Angeles. I am not in Paris. Where in the world is Joe Stapleton? I am coming to you guys from Mexico at the moment, because Miss Maria Ho... I know we're not doing a video podcast, but I've got my Maria's homie shirt on. Um, Maria Ho turned 40 and decided to spring for a villa in Mexico for uh, some of her friends who could make it. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a very good time. One quick little anecdote is um, we were so because it's a big group of people, not all poker players, but you know how poker players tend to have friends that like games in general, right? So yes. at nighttime, we've been playing games. Well, yesterday by the pool, we decided to play a game, a trivia game. And 
just gonna be quiet real quick because my girlfriend they were trying to gauge everyone's sort of trivia abilities right and they asked my girlfriend are you good at trivia and she was like yeah i'm pretty good and i'm behind her and i'm trying to be but i'm like no not good no no i should not do good so the trivia question i feel so bad even doing this the trivia question she got it was one of these things it was so easy james you would have you would have been you would have it would have driven you crazy it was like name six best actor academy award winners not super easy but not but i but mean for not, anyone who knows about you. movies right. you know yeah so the question the question my girlfriend got was name four christmas songs oh piece of piss she could only name two. Oh dear it was hard it was hard to watch now to be fair she was like i'm a jew but i was like you know what um You've lived in America for thirty something years. You should be able to name four Christmas songs. Like, just name two words, two put two words out there with one of the words being Christmas, and you probably have one of them. Anyway, uh, very good time here. But James, um, you and I have been all over the place the last oh, couple man. of weeks. You said something. How many time zones have you been in? I did five time zones in four weeks, and I think I must have done just as many. Um, Except maybe, I guess, for you, because you're bop- bopping around to Finland. Maybe that's an extra one. Yeah, in there, but it's been so hardcore the last few weeks. Um, and <laughs> I kind of, it's so bad to sound like you're complaining about this, but it was a very intense period. And it was a lot of travel in a very short period of time. And it did take its toll. I have, I'm pretty much done. But How many nights have is, you been home right now? This Two nights. But the okay, good thing right. is, on both nights, I have slept solidly. And I have, both nights, seven and a half to eight hours of sleep with a sleep score of 92, which is optimal. So wow. I do think, finally, I might be getting back to normal. And this will be the first time since the Bahamas that I haven't felt like a complete mental and physical wreck. The reason I'm saying wow is not uh, for that reason, but that you remember we you know we used to play games like Pac-Man or Grand Theft Auto. Now your your sleep score, you're trying to max it. You're like, oh wow, uh, I'm going for a new high score at sleep now. That's where we're at. In our sleep's lives. important, dude. Sleep's important, and you realize yeah. when you start tracking it, when you start assessing it, that having a regular routine, going to bed at a decent time, getting up at the same time every day, not eating too late, not drinking in the evening. All of these are major factors and you feel much better for it. Sleep is important. You can't, you can't, what is it? I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah, you will die very quickly if you don't sleep. Well, one of these days I'm going to sleep. That's for sure. So all the things you just mentioned that are terrible for sleep all happened to Las Vegas. Yeah, which is why my sleep score in in Vegas was horrific. Yeah. So Vegas um, started off kind of bad for me. I, um, I I decided that, look, we were there for four nights, I believe. And I was like, I'm going to bring $2,000 with me. And that's a pretty good daily, like a $500 daily. And if I don't use all that, great. But if I do, that's fine. I'll, you know, have used two thousand, whatever. That's the, the amount of money I gave myself for the trip. And I lost $2,000 in the first 20 minutes in Vegas. This and is I, so you. Yeah. And I feel really bad for my girlfriend because in this particular case, she's much smarter than I am. And she's like, hey, maybe don't do this. But she knows that saying that is just not going to do anything. So her only option is to just go along with it. Um, And luckily, luckily, 
I slowly dug my way out of that hole for the entire rest of the trip. It was like a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there. We played in. This was really cool. Um, so Brian Ballsba, who's like a super agent, uh, poker, poker super, poker royalty super agent, reps Necronu, reps Helmuth, uh, put it out on Twitter that there was going to be a, a poker industry poker tournament at Aria the the afternoon after we arrived. And I was like, cool, this sounds great. Let's go play this. James hopped in. I was there. Uh, Matt Savage played, Lance Bradley, lots of people from Poker News, uh, a lot of names that we would know. But we didn't know was that it was not a tournament specific to us. No, it, it was, was the regular 160 <laughs> that runs at Aria the every daily, afternoon. The Aria Daily, yes. Yeah, but I think it was designed to kind of attract as many people from the industry to come it and play worked. as possible. It did. And it was it was a fun game to play against the, the people who were playing there anyway and to meet some people who I've not spoken to for a long time or meet some people for the or first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the first time I've ever met Matt Savage. And of course, we got into it about the big blind ante. Of course we did. Um, but Matt's a great guy. And it was good to finally um, finally meet him in the flesh. And yes. the weird thing is, this is the kind of tournament where I normally excel at grinding it out and min crushing. But as part of the Freaky Friday reversal process that's going on right now, Joe, you managed to make it to the final table. And you managed to partake in a nine-way chop, which went far smoother, far more successfully than the seven-way chop I tried to negotiate the last time that I was at Aria. You guys remember that story? Yes. So to roll it back, I ran hot at the beginning of this tournament. I flopped, uh, I flopped trips that turned into quads. I flopped a set. I made uh, two straights in one orbit. I still uh, no flushes, but that's okay. I'm not complaining at all. Um, and yes, so I, I ran really hot at the beginning, and then I ended up sitting to the right of Matt Savage for a couple hours, and Savage uh, stacked me. Um, had I, I uh, had Ace King suited, and, and Savage shoved over the top of me, and he happened to have aces. His aces held, and then I chip and a chaired it. I actually made quite a comeback after you that. Did. Uh, I doubled up at least once and then stole the blinds and annies multiple times till I was back up around average stack. And that did, in fact, by the way, this is amazing. James is standing behind me, sweating me the whole time. But he's also he's like keeping an eye on the other tables. He's like, you're, he's like, the clock's not right. He's like, you're, da you're down to 17. You're down to 14. And they paid the top 11. And uh, then when we went to final table at nine, uh, a very nice Canadian lad was like, hey, does anyone do a chip chop? And everyone at the table was like, yeah, except for one dude was like, what's a chip chop? And then when they looked at the numbers and told everyone they were going to get, no objections. So I went from being stuck 2,000 uh, minus the 160 buy-in. I got 850, which was better than fifth place money. And I was second from the bottom when we did the chip chop. So I was perfectly happy with that. I was I was already no longer down $2,000. Yeah. Well, it was, it was great to see. And of course, Joe and I always swap 10%. And this was the first time I've ever benefited from Yay. one of our swaps. So I was very happy as well. And, and then, of course, we made we, our dinner reservation exactly, was the best part. If that final table had played out, there was a very good chance that we would have missed it. And I know you were very excited about going to Bizarre Meats. Yes, Jose Andres Bazaar meets not an easy reservation to get. Not as tough as Carbone was to get the night before. And the only reason I got that is because my friend is friends with an LA Times food critic 
who called in a favor at Carbone and got us a reservation. But yes, went to Bizarre Meats. Um, guys, I, I, I do have a I, I struggle with meat in general as a, as a concept. Um, I really like it and like the taste of it, but I do find it to be the older I get, the more barbaric it is. So I, when I say this with a grain of salt, I don't want to gross anyone out, but we did get a uh, suckling pig, which I wish they didn't call it that. I mean, I guess I deserve to know what it is if I'm eating it, but that was awesome. And uh, they also have something called foie gras cotton candy. What you Which, need to understand is that we are completely morally bankrupt. Correct. Yes. No. No principles whatsoever. Totally selling out on the on the feelings that we have of these things being awful things to eat. But for the life experience of it, uh, I was pretty happy. Uh, our friend John Caldwell, who used to work for Poker Stars, came with us. Uh, me, Francine, my lady, and John. And uh, but really, just a fun night that was worth the three hundred dollars per person. That this meal costs. So, of course, the Friday was the Global Poker Awards. And as I said, we will run through all of the winners next week. We'll do a proper news roundup on next week's podcast. But let's talk about the categories we were nominated in, Joe. We knew that we were drawing dead in Best Podcast. We knew that they were going to share the love. And we knew that it was Matt Berkey's year. I think there was still a glimmer of hope that we would get favorite live stream. But being a public vote and knowing the amount of love and support that Hustler Casino Live has and the fact that they were able to do a really big blitz of publicity in the final week of voting once it got into the second round of public voting, that was always going to be an uphill struggle. And congratulations to those guys for taking down that prize. Um, Absolutely. And not that I think that they, but that they are undeserving in any way, but once it came to shilling a second time to get a second vote i was like uh, i don't know i'm good <laughs> yeah it's 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 kind of like you know there's there's only so much you can do yeah. um i would say that the i will talk about the actual show in a moment but the, the one of the, there were two highlights of the experience of going to the global poker awards obviously aside from actually winning a trophy um meeting all these people for the first time so or, or meeting people properly. I, 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 For example, I said hello briefly to Jeff Platt when he came to the PSPC in 2019. But it's the first time I'd ever spent any significant time with Jeff. And he's a great guy. And I think he's, he's very good at what he does. He's a goddamn delight, that fucking he, asshole. <laughs> also, again, just to touch on the show for a moment, he is a superb host. And really good. when you watch from the sidelines as someone who does that gig and you can see how he is able to ad-lib and how he's able to kind of go off script... That is the mark of a good broadcaster. So he was very deserving of the award he won last year, very award uh, deserving of the nomination he received this year. I think the guy's a talent, and the fact that he's a nice guy really helps. Um, obviously, the guys from the Run Good series that you know really well to meet Tana and Haley and Boston Rob and Ben Ludlow and all the guys from the WPT as well. It's yep. it was so that was the one nice part of it, and then the second nice part of it was after the event. Just the number of people who came out of the woodwork to say congratulations. And this is where I kind of do value these awards. And it's funny, I did an interview with Jack Stanton for the PokerStars blog, which you can read. And when I went through the article this morning, I'm like, God, I sound like an ungrateful prick. Because I do think that poker awards are a ridiculous concept. But good stuff does come out of them. And the fact that it, all these people reaffirm that they appreciate what I do, what we do, yeah. that makes it worthwhile. And that's why I like the fact that Eric and the GPI do run this. 
Yes, totally. And I actually have something that I I should mention. Um, so we did this bit at the beginning, obviously, regarding the fact that I left a trophy behind last year. <laughs> but I think that I kept referring to it. And I have to apologize for this. I don't think anyone pulled me up on it, even though sure it's not I everyone kept saying my I kept saying my trophy, my trophy. My it's not my trophy. It's our trophy. It's well, the whole no, it is it is your trophy. Years. I have my one behind me. Oh, I you got do. given my one oh, in Prague. Okay. This is your cut trophy. This they, there were two of them. Your okay, one good. did get left behind. Okay, I don't feel as bad referring to it as my trophy no. now, but really it is all of our like me and James got given the trophies as the two faces and or voices of this show, but really it's everybody's trophy. Yes. Uh, you know, whatever me and James divide the two of them amongst everyone. So okay, get it. I don't feel as bad now that there's just one trophy between us. You have one already. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So look, the show was good. Um, I'm sure most people have either seen the replay of the live show or at least have watched clips from it and as i said we'll get into all the other winners next week uh it was nice to then go out for dinner that night there was a great after party where we hung out with uh uh tana and the guys from run good and then everything went to shit the next day uh yeah the next day well it already and it started going to shit before that when i bought tickets for shin lim who is a uh, magician that I've been wanting to see for a couple of years now. And then James and Francine, to their credit, to their credit, they didn't just leave me high and dry, but they were like, hey, um, we might not want to see Jin Lim. We might want to go see who, James? Who did I, who was I about to get ditched for? You were going to get ditched for Katy Perry because as soon as we arrived in town, we realized that Katy Perry had residency at Resorts World and I spent a stupid amount of money on two tickets to see Katy Perry on Saturday night and then got super sick on Saturday. And you can testify, Joe, I was in no condition on Saturday night to go and see Katy Perry. James was in no condition. I stuck around to make sure James was okay. But luckily, my girlfriend and Francine went to Katy Perry on their own. And then by the time James was feeling a little bit better, I was able to go out and meet up with them for a couple of drinks. I'm trying to think what we did after that. We did. So we went to, uh, we ended up going to New York, New York, and meeting up with some people, meeting up with a young lady named Jackie who worked in the big game years ago. And we've stayed in touch. She still works in Vegas. And then we went to the Dueling Piano Bar inside New York, New York, nice. which is still somehow, this was weird though. And I hope that this never gets back to it. One of the guys was good, and the other guy was a fill-in i don't know i'm not even <laughs> sure he knew how to play piano it was not a piano duel it was a piano massacre oh, it was no. really it was, it was pretty domination. it was a total domination i have no idea if that's how it is every night or what but there was like one guy that was like pretty good and the other guy was like just there so um and then we did let's see uh i'm trying to remember how that night ended i did end up going uh with back um Francine stayed up with us for a little bit, and then uh, my girlfriend and I pressed buttons for a little while longer. And we went anyway. Uh, we won a couple hundred more bucks. Basically, I came to Vegas with two thousand dollars, and I left Vegas with three hundred dollars. But I used it for all kinds of stuff, paying for all all kinds of different things. So no one, uh, I was happy with that. To leave with money, and as you said, Joe, had you dusted off the two K over four days, you were prepared for that. Exactly, um, and that's what I, happened in the end. And I never ever gamble, never ever play poker not prepared to lose money. I did not expect to have as bad a session as I did on the Sunday. Now, I don't recommend playing poker when you are 
physically and mentally exhausted and when you're still recovering from illness from the previous night. But I got but. kicked out of the hotel <laughs> at 11 a.m. My flight wasn't until 9 p.m. So what the hell else am I going to do but walk down to the horseshoe and jump in a 1-3 game where the players were mostly terrible. It was quite a soft game. But I ran like Stapleton. And Joe, <laughs> this Freaky Friday shit needs to stop because it's not fun. It there is are not enjoyable. Okay, so there are some aspects of my life that are a little annoying. The f- never showing down a winner in poker is oh, one of them. Dude, I mean, there, I, I sent you one hand history. There was an occasion where I had to fold a full house on the river correctly when there was already a shit ton in the pot. I had wow. to fold top pair, top kicker on the turn correctly when my opponent turned a straight. I had to fold queens pre, having gone back and forth clicking it realizing that there was only one of three hands it could be and I don't think that my opponent was getting out of line with ace-king and sure enough, I was crushed. So those are the occasions where I got away from it. And then there were just some straight-up, cooler, cold-deck situations where, yeah, nine times out of ten, I had the second-best hand and dusted off $700 in a 1-3 game over the course of five to six hours. Wow, that's a lot in a 1-3 game. But yeah, I mean, look, it happens. And I guess... Um, I, I I don't I don't wish it upon you, James. All I will say is that uh, for what Freaky Friday, there's other benefits to swapping lives with me. That hopefully I don't know. Did were you involved in any orgies? No, not yet. That's all. Just not yet. <laughs> okay, uh, to come on a future episode of Poker in the Years. <laughs> I, I do realize though that we have gone out of order. We have mementoed this shit because before our trip to Vegas, we were in Paris with the European Poker Tour. Now, because I checked, Joe, because I looked at a calendar, I know with 100% certainty that EPT Paris was just over a week ago. But if you'd asked me, I would say it's more like a month ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, a four-day trip to Vegas is longer than anyone should be in Vegas, and that will take years off your life. So, yeah. It will. Um, But... Yes, the first ever European Poker Tour event in the French capital. And look, we know that there were some problems at the start. And Cedric Below, our head of live events, apologized for those on social media. I think everyone on the PokerStars team and on the tournament staff uh, did everything in their power to try and make things better for the back end of the series. But overall, you only have to look at the numbers. You only have to look at the field sizes and the prize pools to say that this event was a huge success with record-breaking fields across the board. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes you're a victim of your own success, right? Like, obviously, some of the problems that developed were only because of the fact that so many people wanted to play poker at EPT Paris. Um, I will say that up until this point, Paris, not my favorite city. Uh, it still isn't my favorite city, but I didn't I, I wasn't as excited to go there as I am to go to some of the other places. And I don't know what it is about the city or what's changed or maybe it's me. However, uh, the little bit I did get out in Paris, 
um, especially on the first night where Griffin and I walked from the venue all the way to like a, a fancy hotel where my friend wanted to meet for dinner. I found myself enjoying Paris more than I had in a really, really long time. Not just our event, but just this city itself. I was like, oh, maybe I judged this city a little too harshly. This is actually quite pleasant. I've always liked Paris. It's always been a city that I feel a, a, an affinity with. And uh, this time was no different. Uh, we talked about uh, on the Paris preview show, which we recorded about 17 weeks ago, uh, that we had these days off, right? Those of us who've been there from the start for the kind of setup and the rehearsal and the stream we did for uh, for the French influencer Gotiga, we then had two days off before the main event coverage started. So the good news is I got to see some of the city. Chris and cool. I went for a walk down the Champs Elysees. Uh, we did a sightseeing trip on a boat on the Monday and I had an amazing day out on. Uh, did you go on, in the catacombs? I know a bunch of our our people were like toying with the idea of doing um, uh, underground underground tours. And when I say underground underground, I mean like off the books, um, unofficial sneaking into the catacombs. Ca I did not stuff. do the catacombs. I stayed above ground. Uh, I was in a dark <laughs> room though. I did go and see a movie. Did go to the cinema on the Tuesday and then went out for dinner afterwards. Um, but. Then we got into our five days of main event coverage, and this is, as we said repeatedly on the live stream, the biggest EPT main event ever played outside of Barcelona. And with the restrictions we were under, knowing that we only had a set number of hours each day, oh, we were yeah. a little bit worried, <laughs> right? How is it? Do we have the time to get this done? But bizarrely, even with those big numbers, we managed a couple of early finishes. The penultimate day finished at a very reasonable time, and we were done with the final table by 7 o'clock in the evening. And that means, again, we got to experience some of Paris. We got to experience some local restaurants. We got to eat meat again. So apparently, and we were talking to Savage about this too, because the WPT had been in Paris just before us. Apparently, that place right behind the hotel that our friend Lauren suggested is like world-famous steak-free place. But when we tried to go there, there was quite literally a line around the block. And me and James and Griffin and Lauren were like, uh-uh, we're not waiting that. Apparently, the line doesn't take that long to get through. Uh, so we 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 skipped that. Savage said we made a big mistake, that it's totally worth it. I don't know. I guess now if we ever went back there, are we going back there? Who knows? Um, it seems like it, we would, considering what a success it was. I have no inside information, but I would be shocked if there weren't plans for another EPT Paris in the next few years. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll get in the line next time. Enough people have told us about it. But uh, yeah, not only did we get out that night, but then also final table. And I got to I gotta thank our, our guests coming up, uh, Jorgna and Balea, for making that heads up so quick because that could have gone for a very long time. I want to thank all of the finalists, actually, because we had five players come back for the final day. They all showed up on time, which I think is the first time in EPT history that all of the finalists have shown up on time. There's always one, right? You're always waiting for one player to arrive before you can get everyone mic'd up, take the photo, unbag the chips. So we got this final table started bang on time. It was amazing. And I don't often get to speak to the players before the start of play, but because I was out on the floor just trying to keep an overview of things, I got to meet them all. What a thoroughly lovely bunch of people all of them it was a really fun final table um 
even up until before the last day, it just seemed to be a really good time. And that's look, I, I would have said like, oh, we haven't seen that in a while, but we kind of have seen that, uh, especially in the EPT events over the last year or so. And maybe it's a trend. Maybe uh, we're seeing something. I think maybe the return to live poker uh, has something to do with it. But folks really do seem to be having a good time out there. And obviously, that translates to the booth. That translates to the audience. And I do think, again, it was just a really great bunch of shows. Uh, and, and yes, thanks to the players for, for making that happen. And you referenced already we had two really good guys get heads up for the title. Now, normally, when we recap... Uh, an EPT, we try wherever possible to speak to the champion. On this occasion, we're going to speak to the runner-up and the winner. So we'll hear from Rasvan Balea in just a moment. But first, let's hear from the Swedish player, the Dreamboat, who won all of our hearts on our live coverage of EPT Paris. Peter Jorgner, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. And uh Congratulations once again to Steel Joe's expression for your second place finish in EPT Paris. I know at the time there was probably an element of disappointment, but considering where you were a year ago to come to this point, you must realize this is a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah, I really do. And I'm I'm just super grateful, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Last I saw you, you were wrestling Nick Walsh and like three other people in the Hyatt hotel lobby. Who won that wrestling match? <laughs> I think I finally came out from top. I mean, you that, were definitely, he was definitely wrestling two people at the same time. And it was not easy. I mean, it was not close. I mean, he, they oh, were getting their asses kicked. I, I, I never would have doubted it in a million years. I'm guessing then that after that final table, some beverages were potentially consumed? Maybe there was a bit of celebration? A little bit, yeah. A little bit of celebration going on. <laughs> <laughs> it, felt, um, it felt weird. I was honored to be a part of that. Thank you for, uh, for accepting us and letting us hang out with you. I uh, know. That was my pleasure. Uh, likewise. It was it, a, great, a great evening. It seemed like you had, uh, like... Look, I've we've been around a lot of winners and a lot of runners up, and it seemed like this was extra special for some reason. You were really sort of it was not just you celebrating, but your whole team, everyone seemed really overjoyed with it. I mean, you, you seem like a successful guy before this happened. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh the before story. <laughs> the origin story. Who is Peter Jorgner and where did he come from? Uh, so I come from uh, Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I started my first business in 1994. Wow. And basically been self-employed ever since. And mostly in uh, in some kind of tech industry, internet, IT, and then financial technology. Uh, married in the late 90s, got three uh, beautiful daughters. Um, and... You know, the last uh, venture I did, I, we sold that company in 2018. I worked for the buyer for uh, two odd years and quit in 2020. Uh, left Stockholm for Marbella, Spain uh, to uh, retire, but it wasn't that much fun <laughs> for the for the first couple of months. But then uh started investing my money in different ventures. Uh, and as you know, I picked up uh, poker uh like a like a year ago, ten months ago, 
uh, and that's been a a, re- a real blast, um, as you yeah might might imagine. I, I want to go back to 1994. Like you were what, like in your early 20s or at, at the oldest? What what sort of business? I mean, we didn't really. Ha- I understand that you created some software. I think is is what your most recent thing was. But in '94, what was going on? Yeah, so uh, internet came. Uh, so uh, I I meant to start a, a web agency that was gonna create uh, internet presence for companies, but that was way early. Uh, but yeah. I worked as a, as a consultant, and eventually that morphed into an internet agency in '96. Um, and yeah, and that kept on going uh, through the internet boom and internet crash, and I, I sold that company in. 2007 so you were just or you were just early on just knew that the internet was going to be a thing and you decided that you were going to figure out how how to get companies online yeah exactly that's wild it's incredible what i'm intrigued to know peter is when you say into your retirement that you discovered poker i mean are we literally talking about playing the game for the first time or had it always been there in the background no it's been there in the background Uh, i think i've been uh you know playing online but it's been like you know coming home from work uh, 11 p.m with a bottle of wine uh, (laughs) uh, winning for one hour then losing for three yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and then segueing into uh, some live poker, playing home games, and the local casino in Stockholm. Uh, yeah, but not a lot. Uh, it's been more of a hobby and a, and a losing uh, losing one. It right. sounds like all Peter did in Paris is win his money back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you kind of, when the passion was truly ignited... Yeah. What point did you say I'm actually going to take this seriously? At what point did you put together Team Jorgner? Yeah, it's actually Team Hightower. That's my nickname. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> that's a cool nickname. <laughs> this was like like two years ago, and uh, I I went heads up against uh, Peter Christhammer, who was my friend at the time, still is, of course, the, uh, the good-looking um, Peter. Yeah, the good-looking. Yeah, handsome Peter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> handsome Peter. Right. Yeah. And uh, I donked into him on the flop, and he uh, he busted me, uh, pulled me aside, and said uh, that I was disrespecting the beautiful game of poker by <laughs> not playing to my full potential. And so that kind of sparked the the initial discussion. So it uh, it's now known as my most profitable hand that I ever played. Uh, and ten months ago, we kind of stipulated that in, into a contract. Uh, where they would coach me, I would stake them. And uh, yeah, uh, we started with EPT Barcelona. Um, and yeah, with the goal, with me, uh, my goal was, uh, you know, uh, reaching a final table in one of the bigger tournaments, EPT or WSOP. But not in a million years, we had actually thought that that was going to happen uh, this quick. So you say it started in Barcelona. Which events have you played since then? Uh, so I played Master Classics, right? Uh, and EPT Prague. Okay, so this is what, your fourth event, Paris. Yeah. Wow. So Six that's incredibly total. quickly. Yeah. Um, and this happened to be, as we said on the stream and just said again a few minutes ago, one of the biggest fields we've ever seen. Sixteen hundred yeah. total entries. 
Um, what was it like navigating your way through the early days? Um, well, for the first time, I, I was actually quite comfortable because I, I was uh, over average, uh, like pretty much every day. Uh, I came out over average and played like 100 big blinds. And, and for the first time, uh, I, 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 knew, I knew enough of the game that I started learning uh, by looking at these uh, really great players and how they acted at the table and the moves that they made. And I kind of picked up on what they were doing. And like a few, uh, a few levels later, I could implement it. Uh, so that was the, I think, the big difference uh, in Paris versus uh, other times when I was just outplayed and had no clue as to why I got outplayed. Uh, but now I, I realized it's, uh, you know, uh, with a... With the ranges, positions, and uh, stack sizes, you know all the uh, all the bits and pieces that uh, go into it. Uh, I, I just want to know what sort of you know. I know that you have your poker coaches. What sort of training did they put you through? What 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 was their approach? Yeah, so uh, basically uh, they put together a, a, a deck, uh, a PowerPoint deck, and basically the first slide was uh, demystifying poker. Uh, so they kind of broke it down into bits and pieces and then built it up again uh, ahead of Barcelona. I think we did five sessions before that uh, and then one session during Barcelona and we've done six sessions since. One today, actually. Um, and yeah, uh, and then they've been, uh, you know, during uh, the festivals, uh, just coaching me during the breaks uh, and yeah, giving me a, a lot, lot of. Uh, I kind of use the analogy with you know the boxing coaches. You know, you, you go into the corner, you sit on your stool. One is waving the towel, and the other yeah. one whispering in your ear. You got this guy on seat one. You got don't do this versus that guy. Do more of this, less of that. Uh, especially now in Paris, day four, five, and six, they were instrumental in doing that, and they kind of put their own poker aside just to be with me and alongside me. Well, I was going to say, because during the late stages, you spent a decent amount of time on the feature table. So I'm guessing your coaches had a lot of information to work from. And I'm guessing that the stream is useful to go back and look at key hands and key spots. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. And also it was an opportunity, uh, you know, to kind of set the other players up a little bit as well. <laughs> Yeah, by, by playing un unconventional in certain spots and knowing that they will watch this in half an hour. And then the next time I get the same opportunity, I'm just going to reverse uh, the play I did before. Because I knew, I knew I couldn't beat them at their game. Uh, That's actually one of my favorite things about watching a relative amateur, a relative new person come to the game is is watching the, you know, the GTO wizards not know how to fight against them and sort of get a little confused by them and that was certainly fun watching you i guess what my uh what sort of prep went in before the final table how late were you up the night before was it studying individual players or studying spots what did you guys get into before that not so much the uh the previous night but in the morning because I just went to the hotel, took a sleeping pill, tried to get get as much sleep as possible, and then yeah. we met uh, a couple of hours before uh, having breakfast, and uh, and then they had crunched the numbers during the night. 
uh, and washed the hands and brought the data to me. So I just got a summary on on each player, its position, stack size, moves that they had made before, uh, and you know the profile of each player basically. And of course, I had my my idea as well, and we just uh, you know got to a, a conclusion on on where we were at. Now we were just saying that the final table actually played a lot quicker than we thought it was going to and there were a lot of chips still in play but of course when there is one player at the table who has all the chips it does change the dynamic you must have known that when you got three-handed when you got heads up that it was a big big mountain to climb and potentially overcome Razvan was just like you know clearly had a massive advantage yeah absolutely yeah it was it was a a bit tough and also for me, not being used to you know playing six days straight, uh, twelve hours a day, uh, also a bit, I wouldn't say fatigued, but you know, that was the day before when I fell asleep at the table. But uh, no, <laughs> but, but it was definitely a uphill battle. It's one of the highlights of the yeah. Paris live stream. You completely checked out for like a minute, and yeah. the dealer having to take a time bank card from you because <laughs> you didn't know the action was on you. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> so you seem to me like a guy that's used to winning, right? Like you've been a winner for a long time, whatever it is, from that first business back in 1994 up and through, you know, early retirement. Yeah. How difficult was not winning for you? Are you able to look at this as a win also? Uh, this is definitely a win, a huge win. Uh, and... I also think that the correct player won. He had been, uh, you know, consistent throughout uh, the, the final days. Um, I think he had the right approach. I spoke to him uh, during the breaks. Uh, really nice guy, newly married, uh, you know, and this is his thing. So at the time, I didn't feel uh, uh, sorry at all. I, I saw it as a win uh, for me, uh, definitely. Actually, a few days later, I started thinking, oh, oh I got really close. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I, I wanted to win. Oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, I really wanted that trophy. Uh, but Sousa made me a small one, if you saw the green. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't realize how badly you just wanted some kind of memento of the experience, just to take yeah. something away that exactly. you could have to mark the occasion. But, yeah. you know, there are multiple events at every EPT stop and there are other live poker events I don't think it's going to be long before you have something genuine to put on your yeah. shelf oh, I appreciate that that would be really nice and on that note what what are the plans for this year Peter where, where are you going next uh, so I'm going to uh, ESPT in Madrid cool uh, I think that's a week after next and uh, after that I'm planning for Cannes and Monte Carlo Nice. And WSOP, EPT Barcelona, EPT Cyprus, and EPT Prague. Wow. Already mapped out the year. Well, in that case, we will see you in Monte Carlo and uh, look forward to catching up and seeing you wear one of... How many Rolex Yachtmaster 2s do you actually own? <laughs> two. Just the two. Okay. I, uh, I put this on today just just for you. Oh, very nice. Very yeah. nice. It gets the James Haskins seal of approval. Peter, it was great to meet you in Paris. Congratulations once again on an amazing result. And we look forward to seeing you again in a few weeks' time. Thank you very much. Thanks, man.
Well, we just heard from the runner-up of the first ever EPT Paris main event. Let's hear from the champion, the first ever EPT winner from Romania. Razvan Balea, welcome to Poker in the Ears. Hey, guys. Man, the Thank year you for of having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being here. The year of Romania is real. And um, yeah. I, I just got to know, look, I know we talked a little bit right after the event. You're on stage. Obviously, we did a quick interview there. We might retread some of the same ground. But look, I don't admit to this often, but I've been saying it's the year of Romania for a long time. And you're the guy that did it. You're the you did it, man. That's got to yeah. feel great. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Uh, actually, I just uh, thought about it. But yeah, it's it's like a dream now. <laughs> and uh it's a it's a dream come true, and uh, now I just want to take it a bit easy because a lot of stuff are are coming to me now, you know, like at media attention and uh, friends and all over. Yeah, so well, I'm really happy that I managed to do this. I mean, I was going to say enjoy the attention, but I also completely understand where you're coming from about wanting to take it easy because. You are someone who works really hard at this game. You are a grinder. You put in a lot of hours as a player. You study the game. You put in a lot of hours learning about poker. And you're a poker coach as well. How do you have time to do anything else? Not much time. I don't have much time to do anything else. But now I hope uh, I will have some time as well. More time than before. Because yeah. now I achieved the something great and uh, now I have some money as well and I can do more stuff with my life as well. Yeah, it's pretty hard to be a poker player these days, but it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing when you achieve great things and uh, now my dog wants to say hi as well. <laughs> <gasps> oh, wow. Look at that pooch. This is this is Ace. This, this is, is my Ace oh, the dog. right. Ace, yeah. of course. <laughs> Yes, this is my 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 ace from my you know my from my hand. <laughs> oh, ace up your sleeve. When, when I need an ace on the river, I call him. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I want you mentioned you're getting a lot of media attention. Like, what is going on in? Are you like a hero in Romania? Is that is that what's happening? Um. Yes and no. Uh, in Romania, people don't have. Uh, such a good uh, view of poker, what what it means, what so yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of uh, great uh, great stuff coming to me, and media also. They are saying uh, it's amazing that I achieved this. I'm uh, at the TV. I was at TV, and all the newspapers were writing about me, uh, how to be a, a EPT champion, an European champion. Yeah, I mean, and I'm that, really glad that I I could uh, I did this not only for me and for for Romania as well to to put the flag out there, right? Absolutely, and it also helps legitimize the game in the eyes of people yeah. when they see someone winning a major European title. But we know that Romanian poker fans are incredibly passionate, and we know that there were so many watching. I mean, those are the people who must have been in touch, right? I mean, have you have you yeah. have you got any new coaching gigs as a result of this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just signed a coaching um, uh, a coaching contract with uh, guys with some guys. I I can say with who they are. I, yeah. I just signed with CNC, so I'm I'm coach at them now, and I also will be coaching a lot of uh, 
Romanians as well. So yeah, things are going in the right direction for me. Fantastic. How's the Instagram page? Your Instagram blowing up? Yeah, for sure. Facebook and Instagram blow up both. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. I I don't know how to handle all of this, you know. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> but yeah, I I can do it. If I did this, I can do everything, right? So do you I, think? I believe. Do you think that you will? Now, I guess I, I you've kind of answered this question already because you just signed a new coaching contract. I was going to ask: Are you going to like? study less now that you've done it now that you've accomplished something or, or you are just going to go right back to it when you're ready I, I i just been to a coaching session like 20 minutes before this <laughs> so it never yeah, stops I, it never ends no now now i need to study a bit more because i need to to learn more and to to be prepared for what is coming right to, yeah to not disappoint the people that wants to coach with me yeah um so what are your memories of the EPT Paris main event? Because as ever, we tend to pick up the action and we pick up most players during the kind of mid to late stages. Did it get off to a strong start? I mean, we just spoke to Peter and he said he was an above average stack pretty much throughout. Did you have ups and downs along the way? Yeah, I mean, uh, in day two, uh, right before the money, uh, I've been in uh, four blinds uh, two times. So wow. I've been to 12K and then go up to 100k and then go back to 12k and but i i was fully focused and i believed that i can i can go again to 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 build a big stack uh i played my hands correctly i didn't do anything anything uh, bad right so it it can it came uh, very good in the end uh and uh in the last two days i just pure run like sun run and uh everything was very good for me i was a big chip leader the last two days so yes yeah it's, it was pretty easy to say so with with a hot run as well so i know that i'm sure part of your approach and part of your coaching would be to teach players to uh keep their emotions in check right it's something that all poker players have to do um Obviously, keeping the bad emotions in check is what's most important. While while you were having that sun run, were you allowing yourself to feel the good, positive emotions, or is it still no emotions? Yeah, I think I think you need to accept every emotion that that is coming to you, right? So I learned during these years, and especially last two years, that uh, I had a lot of emotions while I, while playing while studying so i i learned to how to accept them and this is the the most important thing i think not only in poker so if an emotion comes to you just stay with it a bit because you can't avoid it you can't do uh, i had times that i was playing some games after a bad session for example just to forget what was going on but i learned that you need to accept it first and uh, then it will go away and uh, you need to be prepared for what is coming, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I had a lot of emotions, but I I handled it properly, and I was fully focused uh, on to just for uh, to play the best game I can do, right? Like I can play. So, but I imagine you know going back to what you were saying about having that big chip lead the final two days and 
specifically on the final day as players were being knocked out and you just had such a huge advantage over the rest of the field. Does that come, though, with any pressure? Because at that point, you're like, well, I'm meant to win this. Like, you know, 8.5 times out of 10, I'm meant to win this. And I guess when you're at the top, there's only one way you can go. Yeah, uh, I was in the zone. I, I right. was so in the zone that I can't really recall uh, what was going uh, at that time in my head because I was fully focused on what I should do and how I should play against everyone. I wasn't focused. Some friends were told me if I saw the watch of a guy or if I saw something, uh, but I, I I didn't notice anything I because I just, fully focused on how I should play and uh, what is my next step. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you say you're kind of sun running and no one ever won a poker tournament without getting lucky, let's be brutally honest. Overall, sure. looking back at it, are you happy with how you play? Do you look back and say, wow, I made a lot of mistakes and I was just very fortunate. Or do you actually think this was one of the best tournaments I've ever played from a theoretical point of view? Yeah, I think this one uh, was the best tournaments I ever played for sure. Excellent. And, yeah, the, and the best focus I ever had in a tourney. Yeah. For sure. And of course, we have to talk about the final hand. Um, and I always find it much more interesting when the final hand does play through the streets. You know, often it's a coin flip, it's an all-in pre, and yes, it's dramatic, yes, it's suspenseful, but when it comes down to that river decision, it just makes it all the more meaningful. And... I just want to know what went through your head at the moment when you made that call on the river and without showing his cards, Peter just said, congratulations. That was, uh, even now, it's an amazing feeling when I think about it, uh, when he said congratulations. Uh, yeah, it was uh, like a fully relief and in the same time, a big joy that I knew that time that I'm a champion, I'm an APT champion. So, yeah, um, I... I never thought to fold that hand for sure, but I wanted to take my time because it was a call for the for the title, right? So in general, uh, I take pretty fast decisions because I play a lot online, so I need to take decisions more fast. I like to play fast, but uh, that time I I thought that I should properly take my time and uh, and adjust ranges properly and. Yeah, I never thought to fall for sure. So one of my uh, things that I love most about poker, I'm a money guy, right? Like I, I want to know what people are doing with the money. And I know you're a professional poker player, so a big chunk of it's going to go in your bankroll. But I also know that you are newlywed. I want to know how is this money going to change your life if it hasn't already? Yeah, it will change my life for sure. Uh, at this, uh, already, a lot of people in the community knows uh, they know that I'm staked, so I, 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 I don't receive all the money. Uh, so yeah, I have my investors, and uh, but I have a good chance to, to, to build a nice life from now on, and uh, to build it around poker as well because I don't want to, to be an investor or. Uh, anything else like to do a business i love this game and i will play my entire life for sure fantastic so what is next on the schedule where will we see you next at this moment i'm not sure if i will stay in romania or not 
because the taxes. Yep. So at the moment, I need to fully clarify this and then I see if I move or not uh, from here. And then, uh, yeah, I would just want to follow you guys everywhere and uh, maybe some WSOP as well. Cool. So we're likely to see you in Monte Carlo? Yeah, likely, yes. Yeah, likely, yes. Cool. We will look forward to it. Razvan, congratulations once again and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You're Romania. You're Romania. <laughs> Well, it's been a while, but it's back. Superfan vs. States returns to the podcast. Thank you, Adam Hemmings, for answering the call, coming to our aid, and volunteering to be on this show. Hey, no problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. What's up, Adam? Hey, how's it going, Joe? In the words of Casey Wong and Jess Perkins, who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? Well, uh, I'm in Exeter in the UK, down the southwest. Um... I definitely fit the superfan criteria. I'm a white 30-something male who uh, mm-hmm. works in IT. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got other interests, though. Um, I'm a very keen gardener. Um, do a lot of homegrown vegetables and food. Uh, nice. Which takes up a lot of time. Although not so much at the moment, obviously, in winter. I dabbled with gardening a, a tiny little bit when I moved into a house. And I have to say that the the mental reward of it uh, was significant. It, it's just... It, it's hard to think about anything else when you're gardening. Do you find that to be true? Oh, it's so true, yeah. Especially working in IT where you're stuck behind a desk all day, spending all weekend out getting dirty. It's <laughs> fantastic, yeah. I, I know it's been a while because it's winter time, but like, what's your signature dish that you make with the stuff from the garden? Um, so I make a pretty killer tomato base sauce. With Ooh, fuck like yeah. Stuff that I'm growing that goes into everything, all my pastas, all my pizzas. Cool. You name it, last all year. Now, I was always told one of the golden rules of broadcasting is never eat anything that the listeners or viewers send in. In your case, Adam, <laughs> I might be prepared to make an exception. Now, you did say this is not ideal gardening weather. What is it like in Exeter right now? Because in London, there was a light dusting of snow this morning, so the entire transport oh, system wow. ground to a halt. Yeah, we're missing out. I've got snow reports from everyone I know, but um, in Exeter, is raining at miserable. No. Is Exeter like the Florida of the UK? Are you guys way down south? Uh, not quite that down south. We're not Cornish, but pretty south. <laughs> and what do you do for pokertainment? Uh, what's your nearest card room, or are you mainly an online guy? I am almost exclusively online now. Um, during like COVID, that. the closest thing to me, Torquay, I think, closed down, and we got nothing. Oh. Um, yeah, so it's all online for me now. Well, that's no small thing. And of course, we are going to give you the chance to win an online ticket, a $109 Sunday million ticket at that. This is the second time, I believe, we have had general general trivia as the topic of the Superfan Quiz. Um, Last time, there were more categories than we needed. So we've slimmed this down. There are six categories with one question each in uh, every category. So that's 12 questions in total, six questions each. I'm just going to go through the categories in order, and all I'm going to ask of you as the guest, as the superfan, Adam, is whether you want the odd question or the even question. That's all you have to do. Okay. So the first category is geography. Would you like the odd question or the even question? I will take the odd, please. Which is question one. And it's a question concerning Mount Vesuvius, which is nine kilometers east of which Italian city? And there is a clue here. It's the third largest city in Italy. 
Multiple choice options are available should you need I them. I will take the multiple choice, please. Okay. Is Mount Vesuvius nine kilometers east of Rome, Naples, Milan, or Florence? I will stab a guess at Florence. It was Naples. So, no point for you in the first round. Joe? That was tough. That was a tough one. I, I, I can't say that I would have nailed that. Even question. Constantinople and Byzantium are former names of which major city? Istanbul. Correct. And after the first round, Joe has a 2-0 lead. Plenty of time. I, I wish all of the questions had they might be giant songs that could uh, easily tell us the answers to them. But Patrick's probably a little too young. Please, please don't pretend that your only knowledge of world geography comes from mediocre pop music. Uh, music? <laughs> Oh, it's perfectly set up. Is the next category uh, odd or even, Adam? I'll stick odd, please. You're going to stick with odd. Okay. Which Britney Spears song was her first ever number one hit? Hit me, baby, one more time. For two points, which means, Joe, you get the even question. Which singer's real name is Robin Fenty? Uh, hold on. Uh, I'll take the choices, please. Is it Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga, or Rihanna? I was going to guess a man's name. I was going to guess Robbie Williams. I'm glad I took the choices. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> um, I feel like if it was Beyonce's name, I would know that. Taylor Swift, I feel like that's her actual name. What are the other two choices? Lady Gaga and Rihanna. I feel like I would... I'm going to go with Rihanna. You get a point, so you still have a slight lead over Adam as we go into the next round, which is sports. And again, Adam, you get the choice of odd or even. I'm going to stick odd. Sticking to my guns. Okay. It's a soccer question. Which team currently sits at the top of the Premier League? Um, I'm definitely going to need the options. Okay. Well, these are all teams which I believe could legitimately be top oh, of the Premier League. Is it Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal? <laughs> Arsenal. Um, I have not watched a game of football in years. So I'm going to spin yeah, the both. wheel and... We stay. really would get along with Adam, I feel like. <laughs> I would eat his pasta sauce. <laughs> Arsenal. The London Arsenals for a point. Tied hey, game. Hey, all right. But Joe, you have the opportunity to get another two points here because you've got a question about hockey. Wayne Gretzky won the MVP award eight times for which team? The Los Angeles Kings. Would you like the options? Nope. I got it wrong. It's fine. I'll live with it. Okay, the answer was the Edmonton Oilers. Okie dokie. Uh, which takes us to the next round, which is animals. Are we sticking with odd, Adam? Yeah, let's stay odd. What is a female fox called? A vixen? Correct, for two points. Wow, holy shit. This is a fun one, Joe. What species of bird has eyes bigger than its brain? Well, that one I'll take the choices. Is it an eagle? chicken a penguin or an ostrich Ooh, ostrich has a small head and kind of big eyes but eagles need big eyes <laughs> to see eagle eye it's called eagle eyed 
I have to say nothing beats you thinking this out loud. What are the other two options? There's a chicken? There's a chicken and there's a penguin. I'm going to go with the ostrich. Yeah, I think you reached the logical conclusion and you do get a point. So going into the penultimate round, Adam, you have a one point lead. We are in a game where every point matters. And the category is food and drink. Sticking, um, with, sticking with odd? Yeah, or do you want to switch odd. it? We're going to stick with odd. Not okay. Well, that's not strictly not true. true. <laughs> what type of nut is used in marzipan? An almond. It is for two points. Wow. Don't worry, Joe. You've got an alcohol-related question. What is the name <laughs> of the cocktail comprised of vodka and ginger beer? Uh, it's a Moscow Mule. It is for two points. <gasps> it's very exciting. It's going to go down to the wire. It's going to go down to the last category, which is general knowledge. That's right. We have a general <laughs> knowledge round and a general <laughs> trivia quiz. Okay. Okay. Adam, odd or even? Solid life advice. Stay odd. Okay. What sport takes place in a velodrome? Uh, indoor cycling. It is for two points. Joe, I'm sorry you can't win, but you can make it a narrow gap. Yeah. What is the official currency of Turkey? The Turkish lira. It is. Which means it did come down to a single point. Congratulations, Adam. You squeaked a victory there. And that means you are going to get a Sunday Million ticket. It means you are also going to get some PokerStars merch. You are a winner. You have conquered Superfan versus Stapes. Fantastic. Thanks. Good game, Joe. Good game. Yeah, really good game. And I will say this. You got you nailed all the questions that that you chose, and I wouldn't have known them without the choices. So I got lucky. I ran hot in questions, and still you beat me by a point. So well done. I feel the reverse is true. Adam, <laughs> okay, cool. I hope you enjoyed the experience. I hope it wasn't too stressful. It wasn't too stressful at all. Thanks for having me. Not at all. We'll be in touch to get your details, and we will ship you your prizes, sir. Nice one. Thanks a lot, guys. You got a pal. All right, my babies, we're just about out of time for this week's show. Coming up next time. So uh, I am on my way. I'm leaving Mexico early uh, because there is a red spade pass happening for Ontario, Canada residents have won a really cool trip to Los Angeles, California, where uh, tonight they're taking in a Toronto Raptors LA Clippers game in a luxury box. I've been asked to attend. I think Arlie Shaban is going to be there, which is pretty cool. Cool. Um, I've been asked to be there, hang out. Well, I did. I did volunteer to go. I should be honest, um, because I'm like, yeah, I live down the street from there. I'll fucking be there if I can get in, and I did. And then tomorrow, <laughs> I love that you volunteered to do it because you live down the street, but actually, you've got to fly in from Mexico. I know it. I didn't think it through uh, as usual. So I'm flying in, going straight to. I think it's called the Crypto.com Arena now, uh, formerly known as Staples Center. Uh, that's tonight. Then tomorrow, we're all getting on a private plane to fly to Vegas wow. to play poker for the day. Flying back that night, and on Friday, we're going to. The Lakers versus the Raptors in a luxury suite. Um, and they've told me that I can bring, like, you know, all, all the friends I've sort of roped into being on this podcast before, like Beth Hall, Danny Zucker. Uh, they're going to come. I've spread them out over the la over the couple of nights to maybe enhance the experience a little bit. Oh, that's really cool. Ontario. 
Yeah, for the Ontario contest winners. Don't worry, I'm sneaking in a couple of hot girls on Friday too, just because I can. Uh, they're they're under the guise of models. I'm bringing some models to enhance the experience. Anyway, um, so next week I'll be able to recap this pretty ridiculous trip that these folks from Ontario and I get to just join in. So I'm pretty excited about that. Fantastic. So we'll hear all about that experience. Plus, um, even though we will by that point be a little bit behind the curve, we'll talk about all the other winners at this year's Global Poker Awards. I think you've managed to fix us up with an award winner. Yes, Caitlin Kameski, who won for, I think, best new content, best video content, possibly, with her uh, her parody videos. Uh, or was it best newcomer? In the, I don't know. We're doing all the categories. Anyway, the point is, we got her. We got Caitlin Kameski, very fun uh, human being from Texas, and has been doing some some fun stuff in in the poker world. So excited to talk to her. And just, and I know we need some super fans, James. Yes, I want to throw this out there. Party Down is a show that has just been not rebooted, but like brought back after 10 years and the original two seasons of party down is fucking hilarious. I rewatched it. Uh, if someone wanted to do party down as a super fan subject, cause I think Patrick might enjoy actually watching those seasons as well. So, okay, well look, it's up to the super fan, right? They know what they need yeah. to do. You need to make sure you're a member of the Pokestars Discord server. We always put a link in the podcast description. You need to find the Superfan Applications channel and basically say I'm up for it. And some people have a specialist subject of choice. Others are open to suggestions. But ultimately, we've got fans lined up for the next two weeks. But going into the rest of the spring, we want people to come on the show, have a blast, and hopefully win prizes just like Adam did today. So hit us up on Discord if you want to be on the show. And use the podcast discussion channel, by the way, if there's anything else you want to get off your chest, any questions you want to ask, you want to comment on the show, or have any ideas for future episodes, including upcoming guests. But yeah, next week, in addition to talking to Caitlin, in addition to running through all the other winners at the Global Poker Awards, we'll try and pick up on any other poker news stories we've missed from recent weeks. I know obviously the big Triton event is going on in Vietnam right now, so if there are any big winners out there we need to talk about, we will do that on next week's show. All right, my babies, that is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Smell you later.